Wow, wow, wow. Praise God. We thank God for that. Uh, I love testimonies. Amen, amen. Listen, let's turn in our Bibles. We're going to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 19. That's where we're going to head to today uh, for our assignment. Acts chapter 19. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on. Amen. That's good. Amen. That's what we need. You know, I came across, uh, uh, or I remembered, shall I say, um, an event. It was the 10th of December, 2013. Um, at the FNB Stadium in Johannesburg, and there was a massive funeral service for none other than uh, Nelson Mandela. Uh, it, was, it was a huge event. Obviously, the former South African president. Uh, listen, it was a massive undertaking about... 5,000 people went in attendance at the funeral itself. There was live there and millions watching around the world. I mean, this wasn't just, a, uh, to use a term my dad says, a small boy affair. It was a big affair where people were there. It was uh, dignitaries were there. Royalty was there. Uh, presidents, head of states, prime ministers. Uh, uh, you know, back when uh, King Charles was a prince, he was there. He brought his sons, uh, uh, William and Harry. Uh, people were there. I think David Cameron was there back when he was running the country. Uh, there was people there. Barack Obama was there. Heads of state from all over the place. It was a big affair. And so it should be. I mean, Nelson Mandela, he, he uh, you know, he's goes out in the history books. Uh, but one thing I thought that was amazing, that an affair such as this, you know, you would think that everything will go ship shape. You would think they've been practicing for months Um, You would think that everything, you know, the government are involved in selecting who does what, who goes where, who sits where, who even eats certain things. Um, And I remember remember watching that and it came to light because, you know, these things, you have to cater for everybody. If they're speaking in English, uh, you need a translator to speak in a different language and so on. But they also catered for people that sign, deaf people, the deaf audience. And they had a, a person that was a, a, a sign language interpreter standing. The pulpit was there or the, the lectern was there. And it was standing right here, live in front of everybody. 5,000 people there, uh, millions of people watching him. And he was signing away. Someone would say something and he was signing. I'm laughing because I don't know if you know the story. But he'd be, he'd be there standing right next, just signing, just doing some words. And to an untrained eye, he's just a sign language interpreter. All right, what? But it came out the next couple of days that the deaf community was up in arms, saying that this guy was talking complete gibberish. (laughs) There was not one word of sign language at all. (laughs) Like he was stood right here as if he belonged. (laughs) Brave, fully, and just doing things like this. Like like they would say something like like dead or something, he'll do this. Just complete boldly, just out there, in the middle, right on stage. <laughs> People were talking, Barack Obama was talking, he's this there, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the deaf community said he was saying not one word, just complete gibberish. I found that hilarious. Because you can look the part. To me, he looked like a sign language interpreter. I was just listening to the guy, oh, there's a sign language, that was it. I thought nothing else of it. Because in life, you can go through looking the part. You look like you belong. But deep down, you're not actually doing anything. Deep down, there's no power. 
Deep down, there's no knowledge of what you're actually there meant to do. How many of you had a job to do? He had to translate so that deaf people could know what's going on. But the deaf people had no idea what was going on because he was just there. I mean, it's, it's, I shouldn't laugh, but yeah, it's slightly funny. But this, he was there interpreting with no skills to interpret at all. And then all of a sudden, the company that supplied him, they went out of business. They just, or they didn't even go out of business. They just disappeared. Uh, they took the money, disappeared, chopped the money and do whatever with it. Uh, and this guy said, oh, yeah, you know, I've got mental illnesses. No, you don't. You were just trying it. Come on, let's just be honest. You were just trying it. Because like I said, to an untrained eye, it looks like they're doing what he's meant to be doing. But in reality, he was not fit for the role. And when I was thinking about this, I thought about a word, camouflage. You see, camouflage can be for two different things. Camouflage can be as if somebody's trying to hide. But camouflage can also be used when somebody is just trying to blend in with their surroundings. So I want to preach a, t- a sermon of entitled Christian Camouflage. Come on now, you know this is going to be serious. Come on now. Acts chapter 19, verse number 11. We're going to read here. The Bible says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them. And the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the inherent Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Now read this with me, it's on the screen, read this with me. Said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Goodness gracious. That's one of those scriptures that when you read that, you're like, oh. And the scripture goes on to say that the the, the evil spirit literally leapt on them, beat them up, tore them off. They ran out of that place naked because the evil spirit said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Now, there's so much we can talk about, and I'm going to try and condense it into a nice little sermon to put it out. But there's so much, just in that one line alone, there's so much to unpack there. But we're going to go, but before we go there, before we get into that part, I want to just pull back a little bit and go to the first line of our text. And I want to talk about unusual power. See, the Bible says that God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Now, I find that interesting because miracles are not usual anyway. So to say unusual miracles, it's like a double portion. God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. The God that we serve is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or even think. He's able to do things that you can't even comprehend. There is no limit to what he can do. You can't put God in a box in terms of the format which he uses. If he wants to do something, he is able to do in any way he wants to do it. Just look at the miracles of Jesus. Jesus Christ did things. Listen, people were healed in many different ways. People were healed by the laying on of hands. He would lay hands and people were healed. People were healed with spit and mud. Come on, can you say amen in this place? 
People were healed with just spoken words. He would rebuke demons or rebuke sickness and it would leave. God is able to do whatever he wants. He is the God of the universe. Nothing is impossible to him. And this part is even more mind-blowing. The text says that God did unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. In other words, God is allowing his creation to move in the supernatural. This wasn't just reserved for a select few. Listen, God was able to do this with anyone he chose, anyone he wanted. And it wasn't just reserved for just Paul or just the, the, the guys at the top. It wasn't just reserved for people that pay the most offering in church. Listen, it wasn't just reserved for people that wear gowns. Listen, this is for reserved for people that believe that God is able to do this. Look at Matthew 10 and verse number 7. The Bible says, this is when he was sending out the 12 disciples. It says, and I say to you, go Preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Listen, he gave power and authority to his 12 disciples to go out there and do wonderful things. And I've heard some people say, this is just reserved for his closest 12, just for his disciples back then in those days. It was just for those 12. Look at Luke 10 and verse number one. It says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two uh, before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Skip down to verse number 17 in the same chapter. The Bible says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So we see we're going outside of the 12 now. Now we're going to the 70 other disciples. I've heard people tell me that was just for the time of the Bible. Listen, miracles are good. They were great. But it was just when Jesus walked the earth. It was just reserved for people who, who saw him for things back there. And, the, and that really is, is blown out of the water. When we look at John 14 and verse number 12, the Bible says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do also, uh, uh, greater works they will do than these, uh, he will do because I go to my Father. In other words, anyone that believes Jesus is who he says he is, is able to harness this power, is able to do the works that he did, and he said in even greater works than he did. We have to understand that the power that God has, he is allowing his creation to be a part of that and to move and minister in the supernatural. So the first point I want to bring home is the potential of power. As a Bible-believing Christian, you have a potential to function and work with power. You have an authority over things, over, over the demonic realm. You have the ability to go forth and say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Demons will have to tremble at the name of Jesus Christ that comes out of your mouth. Healing for sickness and disease will be when you lay on the hands of people. We need to get it in this day and age because the kingdom of God is not only in word, the Bible says, but it is in power. Can you say amen in this place? And this is crucial. We need to settle this in our heart because if we don't settle this in our heart, what we will settle for is a powerless religion. If we don't get this understanding in our mind, we will reserve our time for just a powerless religion. But there is so much more to this. There is so much more to serving God. This isn't just a list of do's and don'ts. 
This isn't just a place we visit on Sundays. We come to Sunday service because this is part of the things we do. No, there is so much more to the kingdom of God. He has allowed us a piece of his authority, a piece of his majesty. He has allowed us that here. So we shouldn't settle for anything less. Can you say amen in this place? We shouldn't settle for a relationship that is just in word only. We shouldn't settle for a religion that is just in a book and we just walk and read the book and that's it. No, we should see expression out of a relationship with Christ. You know, my, um, one of my barbers, this was in a time I was in, I was in Derby. It was a man from Kyrgyzstan. I went to the Kyrgyzstan brothers. They know how to use a blade. Hey, those guys, they can trim hair. That was my barber. I used to go to him. He used to tell me stories. We used to talk all the time about what's happening. Me and my dad used to go. But I remember him telling me a particular story of one of his friends. Um, his dad bought some land back in Kyrgyzstan in like the middle of nowhere. It was cheap. It was the middle of nowhere. Nothing happened. Just bought the land um, and gave it uh, to his children or his son specifically to inherit Years went by. This man is now living in the UK. The son is living in the UK who's inherited the land. Years are going by. And back in Kyrgyzstan, they wanted to build an airport on his land. They wanted to build and do up the whole city and everything like that. They was trying to find out who owns this land. Who owns it? We want to give you uh, uh, the price for the land. He bought it for pence back in the day, uh, or his father did. Uh, and they offered him $5 million. Today, he still hasn't taken that. He's uh, living in a, a council house, uh, driving a taxi, trying to pay bills when five million pounds is in his name. Now how many know this guy is settling for a life in Derby somewhere, driving a taxi, trying to make ends meet, when there is so much potential for him. All he has to do is receive it. All he has to do is tap into that. Somebody said, I want to give you $5 million. He said, no, I'm just going to just here. I need to work for a living. I need to just do what I'm doing. And he's here striving. He's there living in his council house. Come on now. He's living trying to pay the bills. When $5 million should be in his name. He's there settling a substandard life. Living, uh, driving a taxi. Trying to do whatever because he doesn't understand the power or the, the, uh, the inheritance that he has waiting for him. He didn't understand it. And therefore, he didn't use it. Can I say, that's like Christians today. We're living a life following the letter of the law. We're living a life saying, yes, I go to church. Yes, I pray five times a day. I do that stuff. But where is the power that God says you're able to have? The Bible says that God performed unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. He says, listen, I have power, but I want to perform it by your hands. Listen, if you look throughout the Bible, when God did anything, most of the time it's done through the hands of mere mortals. So here we are following Christ we have the ability or we should have the ability to say listen we're going to use and harness the power that God has listen but many times people settle for what looks like Christianity but has no power now I use that story at the very beginning of the guy who is signing and and doing things because he looked he was paying the part and I use that story because I always remember him because I don't want to be that guy I don't want to be that guy standing up here in the pulpit, signing. 
I don't want to be the guy every week you see, you're going to come, you're going to see me preaching. I don't want to be the guy saying, this is what we should do, this is what we should do. But I have no power inside of me. I have no authority. I have no influence. I'm just there looking like a Christian. And the problem is, this day and age, in this generation, we have got very, very good at looking like Christians. Come on, come on. Listen, I'll, I'll preach to myself if no one wants to. Come on now. We've got very, very good at looking like we know what we're doing. Come on, you can say, listen. All right, I'll preach to myself. Listen, listen. I've got very, very good <laughs> at looking like I know what I'm doing. We can go, we can say, yeah, yes, I believe this. We can say yes in the name of Jesus. We can say yes, hallelujah, at the right point. You know the right point? You, say, you don't say it too early, don't say it too late. We say, hallelujah, that's at the right point, right? It looks good. We know how to do that. We know how to say, listen, we, should, we know how to say our amens, we know how to do that. But do we actually have the power that God has intended us to have as men and women of God? Can God work unusual miracles by our hands? Peter walked past his shadow and people were healed. When you look at that, that looks good. I want a piece of that. I want to be able to function like that. I want people to come and flock round me like that. I want to do that. So now we're seeing people wanting the things of God because of how it looks. People wanting a certain office because of how it looks. The title because of how it looks. And now these guys, these Jewish guys are seeing him and saying, listen, I want some of that. So what I want to do is say, listen, whatever you do, I'm going to try and copy and paste that. I'm going to control C and then control V in my life right now. I'm going to try and copy and paste that and do whatever you do because I want to have or look like I have what you have. How many know that's the wrong motives? Listen, this only can be done with a relationship with Christ. In other words, look at relationships. Listen, the relationship I have with my wife is different to the relationship I have with some of you. But I still have a relationship with you. So how I communicate to you is different to how I communicate to somebody else. There is a relationship process. And that's what I love about Jesus Christ, is that God came down to us. He wanted to relate to us. There isn't just a list of things we've got to do in order to find favor with God. No, we need to relate with God. You can't have favor with God if you don't have a relationship with God. Can you say amen in this place? So we need to understand, listen, it's more than just looking the part. We need to be the part. Can you say amen in this place? And the only way to be the part is if we strive, dig deep to have a relationship with the creator. A personal relationship with the creator. Now don't get me wrong, there's guidelines. Listen, yeah, people can say, listen, you need to pray. There's guidelines you do. There's things you need to do. But there's certain revelations or there's certain things that's going to be revealed to you. God is going to speak, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to do it. And if we're just following blindly, okay, this is what I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to do it, this is how I'm going to say it, uh, listen, we're going to see um, that we're trying to look the part and not be the part. And the reason I say that is because there is an authority that I believe, I'm going to go out here and say that, there's an authority that I believe many people, many Christians in this day and age are missing out on. 
There is a dimension to a relationship with Christ that, that many people in 2023 are completely missing out on. I want to look at the authority. Look at Luke 10 and verse number 19. The Bible says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus Christ has given you an authority over things that have crippled us. Things that we have allowed to curse us. Things that have come upon us to harm us. God has given us an authority over those things. And I believe there are people, there are Christians who are missing out on the freedom that God has for them. They're missing out on the blessing that God has for them. Because they don't understand the power that they wield or the power that they should wield. Can you say amen in this place? We are children of the living God. Listen, the heavenly father is our father. We are sons and daughters of royalty there's certain things we should not just settle for there's certain things we should not just continue to live with but if you are looking like a Christian you will continue to live that way if you're just looking like you don't know what you're saying you'll continue to be bombarded and bothered by those things but I'm here to tell you listen don't just sign fake sign languages actually know what you're saying and when you say it you can say it with an authority you can say it with a passion. Listen, when you say things in the name of Jesus, know what name you are using. Don't just be an acquaintance or you've heard of him. Understand Jesus for yourself that when you can come into your home, you can say, no, I'm not accepting that in my house anymore. I have authority. You can say to your finances, listen, the devourer has been rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, you can say to sickness and disease, saying, no, I rebuke you and never to come into my body again and you can say all these things in the name of Jesus Christ so long as you have a relationship with him because we've become very very good at Christian camouflage we look like we know what we're doing we look like we know what we're saying we can say the right things do the right things but deep down there is no authority and you know the problem is with that type, that level of Christianity, when the storms come, and they will come, when the battles come, when the issues come, that will sort out, here's a term, for lack of a better term, it will sort out, sort out the men from the boys, or sort out the, the women from the girls. Because it is the person that understands how God functions and understands who he is, that circumstance doesn't send them in a panic. Come on now. Because I'm not saying, I hope, you, I hope you get this, I'm not saying if you're a Christian, you understand this, that nothing, nothing bad is going to happen to you. Like I just read a, a scripture said, no, nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'm not saying to you, and I hope you know, and I, I believe you do know, I'm not saying to you that you become a true Christian, you have a personal relationship with Christ, and then everything's going to be perfect. No, absolutely not. All you've got to do is look at, every, look at Jesus and look at everyone that followed him. <laughs> look, pick up the Bible, have a look and see how their life played out. No, no, things happen. There's going to be things. But the difference is once you understand who Christ is, you have that relationship, you're able to navigate the circumstances of life with an authority that will confuse other people. Come on. 
You're able to have joy in chains. Come on. You're able to say, stay on the mountaintop in your mind when really in the physical you're in the valley. You're able to have victory where it looks like you've lost. When you understand that, you understand that that is real Christianity. Um, is to say, listen, um, I know how it looks. Um, it looks like I'm not winning here. But we serve a God who has won the battle already. Um, we serve a God who has conquered death already. Um, we serve a God who sits at the right hand. Um, or we serve Jesus Christ um, who has given us authority. So right now it may look like I'm losing. Um, but I am on the winning side. Can you say amen in this place? Um, so that means you're able to travel and go through through life without being pushed around by circumstances. Listen, circumstances, yes, they may hurt. Yes, issues go through. But listen, we should not lose sight of the Saviour, Jesus Christ, who paid it all for us. And we can say, listen, right now, maybe going through this, but there's going to come a day when it's going to turn around for me. And it's turning around for my family. It's turning around for all of my situation. Can you say amen in this place? We need to understand that we need to dig deep in this relationship. We need to dig deep. Don't scratch. You know, we have not even scratched the surface with the relationship of Christ. We need to treat him as not just something we do on a Sunday. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Listen, we're the same. Listen, if you cut somebody that's saved like that, it should be the same all the way through. And that's what we need to understand because... Um, there's coming a day where Jesus Christ will return. And I find it interesting, you see, because there is an authority here. If we go back to our text in verse number 15, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. Now that's, that's, not, really, you know, that's not really major. We understand Jesus was from the foundation of the earth. So in the spiritual realm, so of course they know who Jesus is, of course. So that's not really profound. The next one is very profound. The evil spirit says, Paul, I know. Now, hold on a second. This evil spirit, this demon spirit who, who function and lives in the spiritual says, I know who Jesus is, but I also know this guy called Paul. I've made an account of him because he is something else. He is the real deal. Now, here's an odd question to ask in church. But do demons know your name? That's a very odd question, but go with me. Do demons know your name? Or they just walk past, who's this guy? Who's, who's, who's this? Who's this singing praise? I don't know who he is. Who's that? Or do when you come up and you praise God and you lift up your voice, demons are actually trembled because they understand that you know who Jesus Christ is. So now they've added you to the list. They say, listen, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but I also know Toby as well. Come on, can you say in this place? Jesus I know, Paul I know, but I also know Brother Daniel as well because boy, the way he prays, listen, he shakes demons. Listen, can your name be added to the list? Do demons pull back when they know that you're on the scene? Because that's the type of authority you have as a true Christian. 
as a true believer of Jesus Christ who walks in his ways, you have authorities in the supernatural, in the spiritual realm that when you say things, I said it last week, you can bind things here on earth and they'll be bound in heaven. You can loose things here on earth and they'll be loosed in heaven. You can have that authority when you have the true relationship with Christ. Listen, now is the time to stop playing games. Now is the time to take off that mask and say, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not just living a life just for the sake of living it. I'm doing it because I want to be the real deal. Because there's going to come a time where Jesus is going to come back and there's some people are going to say, Lord, we did this in your name. Just like the Jewish people say, we cast out demons in your name. And Jesus Christ himself, the one who knows everything, who is omniscient, is going to say, listen, depart from me. I don't even know who you are. Can you imagine when Christ comes back, steps foot on the Mount of Olives, flames of fire in his eyes, we're going to look at him and some people are going to turn away dejected as he says, I don't even know who you are. People be shocked saying, what? You in church every week. You look good. You used to get your hair cut just that way. You got to, hey. It's to put on that, you, you smell good, you look good, but Jesus Christ saying, yeah, but I know you though. I don't know who you are. I don't have a relationship with you. We never spoke on the phone. Come on. True Christianity gives you authority, not just here, but also in the spiritual realm. You can have authority where, where, where when Stephen was stoned, listen, Jesus stood up, gave him a standing ovation. And he says, I see the, uh, the, Jesus Christ standing at the right hand, hand of the Father because you have authority not just here, but also in the supernatural realm. When we stop trying to blend in, but actually trying to be the person we're trying to be, that's when authority will break through. Listen, breakthrough in some of your lives is going to come when you put aside the facade and you actually say, God, I want to know you. God, I want to have a relationship with you. Listen, you'll see your life breakthrough in ways you've never seen before. But it comes from somebody saying, I don't want to live a falsehood anymore. I don't want to do things because of religious sake. I want to do things because I have a relationship with my maker. And he has a relationship with me. He allows me. He shows me. He directs me. He loves me. He cares for me. And then you'll have authority and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Can you say amen in this place? This is a message we need to take to heart because sometimes it's throughout the routines of life it's easy for us to just slip back into that, oh, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to make things, make sure I'm looking the part. Make sure that everything looks all right. It's so funny, I say sometimes I ask the question, hey, how you doing, bro? How you doing, sis? Knowing that the response I'm going to get back is, yeah, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine, no issues. Battling with sin, battling with addiction, battling with problems, battling with anger, battling with, But, oh yeah, I'm fine. No, 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 move that aside. Tell me the truth. And let's deal with it. And let's shame the devil. We need to shame the devil. Because one thing, one last point I want to make is that uh, you know that the devil is okay with Christians that just come to church and leave. The devil is okay with that. Actually doesn't mind that. Actually prefers that. Because then it's fine. Then, then you make it harder for other people who realize that 
And then everyone heard, oh, Christians are hypocrites. Everyone heard that before? Anyone heard that before? People say that because of the things that they've seen. So I want us to say, you know what? No more camouflage. No more just trying to blend in. No, let's dive right into this. Let's this year understand Christ like we've never understood him before. Let's this, this year start to delve deep. Let's do what God intended us to do. Because I want to see, it's my heart to see the power come back in his church as it was in the book of Acts where people will go, demons will have to flee, sickness and disease will be healed. Listen, many times when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he says, listen, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Oh, freely you've given, freely you shall receive. It's time we need to be walking in power again. It's time we need to take up our weapons of warfare again. This world, this generation we're living in is, is dying. This world we're living in is crying out for somebody with some power. Let the Christians come with the right hand of the Father. Let the Christians come and speak in power. And let's go and do what God has called us to do. Can you say amen in this place? Come on, you should be empowered. You should be empowered to say, I'm going to walk in dominion. I'm going to walk in authority. I'm going to walk in power. I'm not going to sit back and have this timid Christianity anymore. Listen, when we go on the streets on outreach, we're going and the kingdom of heaven is going to come with us and people will feel the power of God and turn from wicked ways, bow their knee before Jesus Christ and we can add to the kingdom of heaven. Oh, look, all you got to do do is look at the book of Acts and you'll see and they added to the kingdom of heaven and they added to them and they added to them why because they walked in the power that God intended us all to walk in this was not just reserved for a select few this wasn't just reserved for a time back then this is how his church is meant to function in power everybody say power that's how you was meant to function And it starts with you. Get power for your life. Overcome. And then join the team. And we can power on for Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. These men took it upon themselves to say, we exercise you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Just their language alone betrays them. The way they said it, they, they didn't have their relationship with Christ to be able to use his name. They didn't have the relationship with Christ to be able to say or invoke his name in an exorcist. That's why it didn't work. Well, here the answer is, church, to have that relationship with Christ, that you can use the authority to function how God intended you to function. But maybe you're in this place and you, and you think, well, I don't have that authority either. Well, you can. And it starts with the revelation of Christ. So if you're here under the sound of my voice and you're not sure where you would go when you step into eternity, when you die, when we, we all cross that line where we all have to breathe our last, and you're not sure that you would make heaven your home, 
You can't say that you have that blessed assurance that heaven will be your home. If it were to go right now, you can't say heaven will be your home, but you want to. You want to have an experience with Christ and you want to allow him to give you the free gift of salvation. To wash away all the bad things we've done, all sin, to wash it away. That you can become new, you can become born again. Well, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. If you want to experience or have an an encounter with Christ right now, that you can become born again and enter into the kingdom of heaven when you die. All I want you to do is a sign to me. While every head is bowed, wherever your eye is closed, uh, as a sign to me, just raise your hand. Put that hand up. You want to experience Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Amen. I see that hand. God bless you. If there's anybody more, you want to come and say, Christ, be the Lord of my life. All you've got to do is raise your hand as a sign to me. Maybe you're backslidden and you used to serve Christ. You used to know him as your Lord and personal savior. But along the way, life has pulled you away and distracted you. And you've gone. You're living for the world now. You're making worldly decisions. You're uh, just blending into the world. Well, now's your time to rededicate your life back to Christ. Maybe you're here. That's you. And you, you've, you've been distracted. You don't come back to Christ. Put that hand up. Put that hand up. That's you. Unsaved or backslidden here. If you've fallen away from God, you want to come back to God. That's you. Raise your hand. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Just the one that raised your hand. Just look up at me. Look up at me. If you raise your hand, your hand is up right now. My sister at the front, look up at me. Look up at me. Amen. God bless you. You believe that? You mean that with your heart? Amen. I believe you did. I just want you to just come. Come to me right here in the front. I'll ask my sister Abigail if you can come and pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, speaking to Christians in this place. Christian camouflage. Like I said, it's possible. It's possible to blend in and look like or look the part. Look like we are Bible believing Christians but sometimes we can doubt we can doubt the power God has given us sometimes we can doubt and and don't exercise or don't function in the power that God has given us and therefore living a substandard Christianity Paul said to the Thessalonian church listen the gospel came to you not just in word only but in power There is a dominion, there is an authority that comes when serving Christ. You can impact not just things here in the natural and the worldly, but also things in the the heavenly places, things in the supernatural. You can influence things if you wield the power that God has given us. So Christians, we need to take time to say, you know what, examine ourselves, to say, God... Strip away anything that has 
just looks the part, strip away anything that is just a facade and let me dig deep and let me come. Some people may need an, a, a, an encounter with Christ. And you need to contend for that. Pray in your spiritual uh, place, in your secret place. Pray for an encounter. Ask God to come and empower you. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh that you can function and work in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and that's how you function. So what we're going to do right now, church, we're going to pray for God to come, that He would help us, empower us. So these altars are open. If you want to come find a place to pray, come. Come, let's find a place to pray. Ask God to help us to push forward and go forward, advance, not just looking like we're advanced, but actually advancing, not just saying the right things, but saying it because we have relationship. Listen, let's find a place to pray. Let's ask God to help us, empower us, infuse us, that we can go on in this might He has given us, that we can go on in the power that He has given us, in the dominion He has given us. Let's ask Him for a fresh filling of the Spirit. Let's ask Him for His hand upon our lives. Let's ask that we can be the men and women that He has called us to be. Oh, let's conquer all that needs to be conquered right now. Let's advance the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. God, we bless your name, God. Shut up.